0: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to your latest Blood Red spin-off podcast. I'm Paul Wheelock and recently I had the great pleasure of meeting and speaking to a true Liverpool FC legend. The man who won three First Division titles, two UEFA Cups, two Charity Shields, one FA Cup and in his final game for the club, one European Cup. That man, of course, is Kevin Keegan. He was back in the city last week to promote his brilliant new autobiography, My Life in Football. Now most of the publicity surrounding the book is centred on Keegan's second spell in charge of Newcastle. But a big part of it is dedicated to his unforgettable six years at Liverpool in the 70s. And I caught up with Keegan after a book signing session to talk his time at Anfield, the impact Bill Shankly had on his career and what the legendary former Reds boss would have made of Jurgen Klopp. We also discussed the similarities between his Newcastle side of the 90s and the current Liverpool team managed by Klopp, their chances of winning the Premier League this season and why the first trophy is always the hardest. We only had 15 minutes, but hopefully you'll enjoy our chat. And if you do, please feel free to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast we produce under the Blood Red banner. We'll be back on Thursday with the latest Ale Le Rouge before your main Blood Red show returns on Friday. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo Kevin thank you very much for taking the time out to speak to the Liverpool Echo today and uh, congratulations on the new book is it good being back in this city you know the club where you had so much success for six years in the
1: 70s Yeah I, I love coming back I, I come back quite a lot to the company days funnily enough I feel quite a lot now but they're not open to the public so coming back today I, I always do the same thing I come you know Past the rocket what used to be the rocket and and i go and look at my digs uh, i noticed today when i passed the little woods building they've had a fire there yeah. so you know you, 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 then you start to come into the middle and uh, yeah you pass the church where the vicar used to be such a big fan he used to always put the signs up about you know someone saves and Douglas knocks in the <laughs> rebound, and uh, you know so all and i passed the adelphi hotel and i must say, when i passed the adelphi i thought you know what I can remember going there for Bill Shankly tribute dinner and, and, you know, it was the hotel in town and it was probably one of the only few hotels, you know, certainly of that size. I mean, it's different now. And uh, the dinners we, we had there uh, were great, you know, we were celebrating winning a league or, or something or winning a cup. Uh, yes and then you get in the centre and you think well where am I now you know it's <laughs> all totally <different>. <laughs> which for the good but you know uh, you're suddenly going down a road that you could go down and you think I-, I think I'm going the wrong way <laughs> down a one <warm> way <laughs> people are flashing the lights at you you speak with so much affection for the city it's clear isn't it because probably you know, the
0: publicity surrounding the book, this book is a, bit, a lot been about your time at Newcastle but Liverpool what a big part of your career it was the start of your career wasn't it everything that came after it
1: yeah I think uh, the Newcastle stuff because no one really knew anything about that and you know so when papers serialise it, they're going to look at that because of the Ashley situation at that big club. Whereas everything here is much more sort of normal. It's a normal run club. So, and it's uh, but a lot of the book is about Liverpool because obviously it's such an important part in my life. Uh, I, uh, I came here, I'd played 140 odd games for Scunthorpe. I'd heard about Ray Clemens. I, I went in his digs. I actually had his room in with uh, Mrs Deuce in. in in Scunthorpe, and and I met his mum and dad, and they were saying how much he was enjoying it there. And then, you know, three or four years later, they I think they paid eighteen grand for Clem. They came back and took me for thirty three grand. So, you know, once that happened, I met Bill Shankly and the players that they had, and uh, started going in amongst them. Suddenly, playing with better players it seemed to protect me onto another stratosphere. You know, suddenly I can't believe myself. Some of the things that were happening, you know, but. Making a run and the ball being delivered at the right pace at the right time was something doesn't happen lower down, you know. It's hit and miss. So uh, yeah, it was a great time. It was like a, if like fairy tale stuff. You know, if you if you really look back at this book, it, 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 it's it's stuff of fairy tales. You know, a kid who the doctor said at four wouldn't be able to do sport. You know, um, never played outfield field till I was ten. I wanted to be a goalkeeper. A non. Saying that my football was good and I should I sh- concentrate on it, which helped me. Dad uh, push me even more, and then uh, playing against the scout instead of him being on the sidelines, him taking me fifteen times to Scunthorpe. You know, all along the book, if people read it, they'll um, they'll see things. You think, wow, the luckiest break probably, probably Scunthorpe United, Tranmere Cup, third re- third replay, flicked up, drew nil nil, one one or something. Uh, we would have played we won the toss at Hillsborough we lost it we were at, Prent- we're at uh, Goodison and that's where they watched me again so even losing a toss worked out for me because then within a very short period I, I, a few months I was at Liverpool Bill Shankly features prominently in the book he was the man who brought you to Anfield
0: what kind of impact did he have on you as a person a man and, and obviously a footballer
1: well just major other than, other than my father he, probably more than my father really Well, major because uh, we ju- I just he just seemed to know me you know like you know he, when I when I came um, even when I did the medical I mean I was a very fit boy I was fit than any Liverpool player when I came in from Scotland because I I did a 50 mile run I did mountain trekking you know none, Tommy Smith used to say to me don't go past me son you know because he was a bully <laughs> in a nice way uh, so fitness wasn't a problem but obviously I didn't know I had the ability because I hadn't played with such good players and uh he would say things to when I went medical, you know, I remember he said, uh, have you ever thought of being a boxer, son? You know, hey, you've got to because he loved boxing. I said, No, I never really thought of that, Mr Shankly. And he said, uh, after I've been there a couple of days, he'd just come over to me, put his arm around me, and he just quietly said, in front of nobody, Son, you'll play for England. Well, wow. there's no doubt about that. So when that when that's happening around you and you look at him and you think, you know, he's serious. He believes he believes you, you think, I will? You believe in him? Um, first game ever played on Anfield. Go out just before going out. Sixty thousand people. Never played in front of anything like that. I was just coming We didn't get that in the season uh, in attendance. So he, he just whispered, "Signing me," he said, Don't "Just go out, son, and drop England needs all over the place," <laughs> you know. And he's saying to other players like John McLaughlin who played that, "You stay in there, sit tight." And everyone's getting. There. He said to me, just basically. Kevin, you go wherever you want, where you think you can cause some problems. So you know, no shackles on me, no responsibilities on me, and uh, that's what I did. You know, that's why that was my job at Liverpool to go out and drop hand grenades all over the place.
0: Bring it up to the current day. What do you think Bill Shankly would have made of Jurgen Klopp and this current Liverpool team?
1: He would have liked it very much. Probably applied for uh, the assistant manager's job just to <laughs> just to help him educate anything he's, he's missing, which is it can't be much. Uh, yeah I think he liked it very much he's the closest we've had to Bob Paisley and Shanks and Joe Bob Bob Paisley, Shanks and and, um, Joe Fagan and and Roy Evans because of that boot room thing, they got Liverpool they knew what, you know you've got to understand the city, the people, what they want they got that because they lived and brought up on it, you know, bred on it really Um, Jurgen Klopp is the first manager for a long while probably since that era who's come in and you think he gets it he gets the humor he gets what they want to see on a football pitch he, he, he's got the passion that they have he's kicking every ball i think they like that sort of manager here, you know that don't want one just sitting or writing notes all the time they don't mind it sometimes but you know you always get the feeling that um, he's going to tackle someone and i think i was a bit like that you know yeah. there was times when i remember nelka breaking away ivory once against uh, against us it's uh, when i was at um, Newcastle and the, I was thinking about bringing him down <laughs> <laughs> Thought twice about it luckily <laughs> so, yeah.
0: do you see similarities between the style of football you played in this current Liverpool team we were talking about in the office today the great Newcastle sides of the 90s it's like that there's there's a freedom to it there's yeah. excitement to it you were talking about it then yourself Like the fans get it the manager gets it mm,
1: I think you've got Man City and Liverpool who both play that type of football when my team did it they they they, meaning a lot of coaches and that, said you can't win the league playing like that. But, you know, there are people now who maybe look at it and think, you know what, Man City play like that and they've won the league. Um, Liverpool play like that and they couldn't win the league, you know. So, yeah, because of the way, you see, what really makes sense is if you've got three forward like Liverpool have got or if you've got three forward like Man City's got, what is the point of not attacking you know, now, you can only play that way if you've got those players. If you haven't got good players like that, like Salah, like Marnie, you know, like, like Firmino, you know, if you haven't got players like, like that, uh, you cannot possibly play that way. You can't just say, we're going to play that way. You play that way because of them. And that's where all oh, my players were better going forward than going back. So why am I, as a coach, going to say, you know what, guys, I know you're really good going forward, but let's just defend for 90 minutes they would come and knock on your door and say you know what we're, we're not really good defenders but you know what we can play so and you see it with other teams at the moment you see teams with a lot of good players in being shackled Man United would be one of them definitely. you know definitely uh, got good players in there but let them play you can't put you know if you're going to play one matter with Pogba with, if you're Man United for example What's the point of then saying right? Get behind the ball and let's play deep and get, and break on them. You've got to you've got to give good players freedom. Most Salah had the season he had last year, which is best ever season. He never did that as well at Chelsea. Roma was good, but he was never that because he was given. It's almost like someone said to, him go out and drop hand grenades all yeah. over the place. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And Salah is the same. You know. You, you know. Maybe a couple of the players. then have to. You know. Your Andersons or your Joan Villas, who was a player I had the pleasure of coaching. Um, at Newcastle you, you know fine uh, you, you may have to just say to them look but they get that as well they think well these guys are going to go win it for us let's get the ball for them let's back them up let's win it back from them and give it to them again so it, yeah it's it, you need a bit of luck you know you don't want too many injuries you don't want to lose your main players but then I mean, Man City will need a bit of luck not to lose the best player I mean, they've already lost De Bruyne for a while coming back soon but they could lose you know you could lose your two best players and then suddenly where are you so uh, chance yes for Liverpool Uh, very very good chance this year more importantly for a Liverpool fan if I was a Liverpool fan which I am uh, going to a game which I don't do I would think wow can't wait to go Uh, because you're going to see something exciting you're going to see them have a go they won't always win you'll have disappointments because Premier League's like that but at least you go thinking you know what can't wait to get in that ground. That's what Klopp has brought back for me to Liverpool that's been missing, yeah, since um, for quite a long while. He's still to, to win his first trophy
0: as Liverpool mm. manager. That, and do you think how important is that first one? You you guys did it in '73, didn't you, when you won the league and you wait for cup and then so many more followed. Is that kind of natural once you get
1: that first one? The first one's the hardest, you know. It, that's why I think if my Liverpool side had won. I think we'd have won plenty of things, you know, and yet we won nothing, because once you've won it, 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 it you you know how to win it, and it sounds daft to people who are out of the game. But there is a difference between just getting over that line, you know, just um those last two games, going out with the right attitude. When you've done it, you you've been there, so you know it's called experience. But when you haven't, you're thinking, you yeah, know, do I do this? Do we stay back? Do we do we sort of just hang on to what we've got? We only need a point, you know. The, you have no fear once you've done it but when you haven't done it you're thinking how do we do it so you're questioning yourself more and that's normal it's human nature
0: of all the memories you have of Liverpool the trophies you know, the individual accolades the team accolades is there any one that stands out in particular?
1: But, well things that stand out in my, my life I've always said this is you know when when I was made captain of England that was just huge I mean to walk out England's great but don't get me wrong but when someone says you know get ball, you're just skipper. wow so nothing beat that for me I'll be honest with you coming to Liverpool um, I think my last game for Liverpool winning the European Cup was a great way to go because you know a lot of fans weren't happy a player like myself saying look I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and try something else but it proved right for everybody uh, you know Kenny came and took Liverpool on again with the album of the Ansons and some of those Barnsies and players, Terry Mountstain did very well. So, you know, sometimes um, what looks like a minus can be a plus. And uh, sometimes losing a player, Liverpool losing Coutinho, for example, looked like a major blow, and it was to a certain degree. But I would say Liverpool are a better side now than they were when Coutinho was here. So they've made a plus out of it with the way they've changed the style, brought their different players in and depressed teams and stuff like that. They can do it more with the players they've got now. So you, you mustn't always look as a change as being a bad thing.
0: Just one final one, if you took enough of your time already. This is your story of life and then football. Why now? Why did you decide to do it now?
1: Well, it's pretty obvious I'm not going to go back in the game, I think. Although you never know. Never, ever know. Um, Fifty years since I made my debut at Scunthorpe United at Peterborough. Uh, 1967. So it's you know it's 50 years. That's a whole half a, half a century in football, one way or the other. Now there has been parts of it where I've gone out played golf and went to Marbella to live for five years. But you know, basically, even then I was doing commentary and and, and had a link with football. Football's been in my life. It's, it's the, the least thing in my life now than it ever has been uh, because from being my uncle Frank fetched me a football when I was three with my name on it from. From then on, I can only remember one thing in my life, and it was football. A bit, bit of train spotting from Doncaster, <laughs> mainly football.
0: Kevin, thanks very much for your time. I'm sure Liverpool fans will enjoy listening and reading
1: this. Thank you. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.